With so much negativity being yielded at the youth of our nation, it seems hard to find any signs of a bright future. Coming from a legendary past, the new generation of Bahamians seek to take this nation to heights it's never seen. That's where the youth perspective comes in. We seek to display tomorrow's leaders in every facet of society. Each show will focus on today's pace setters, trendsetters, movers and shakers, and the next generation of great, impactful Bahamians. We seek to uplift, motivate, and encourage our listeners. Tune in as we address issues of importance with wisdom and intelligence, all from the youth perspective. And we're back. Welcome to another edition of the Youth Perspective. Yours truly, Kashkin Jamal, in your company, ladies and gentlemen. And you're locked in to 1540 AM, 104.5 FM, the national voice of the Bahamas. Inspiration, 107.9 FM, where it's all gospel all the time. And the light, 810 AM in Grand Bahama. Good evening is extended to you and yours, ladies and gentlemen. And we have a great show lined up for you. And of course, you know, our tenants is uh, really uh, to do our best to educate to inform, and of course, to make sure that uh, we entertain. All right, We entertain, we inform, and we educate. And so today is going to be a great mixture um, of information and also education. And so make sure to set up, uh, relax, uh, and enjoy the show, enjoy the information. And uh, I pray that you learn something. pray that you learn something this evening as we dive in. All right, so we have no strangers uh, to the youth perspective. They're back again, ladies and gentlemen. And uh, we're going to take a deep dive as uh, we talk a little bit about uh, the female reproductive health. All right, and we're diving into it. And we're going to share some pertinent information. All right, and so, ladies and gentlemen, we have joining us uh, from Pajo, we have uh, the... Uh, dynamic Brittany Jones and Mrs. Tanya Major. Good evening, ladies. How are you doing? Good evening. Good doing evening. well, thank you. And you? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Before we get into our topic of this evening, now I know both of you, um, you have um, a wonderful uh, myriad of things that you do at PAHO. And so just take us to your title uh, and the work that you both do at, at PAHO. Okay, so my name is Brittany Jones, and I am the Technical Officer for Non-Communicable Diseases and Mental Health. Mm. And I am Tanya McFall Major, and I'm responsible for communications uh, here at the PAHO, the PAHO WHO office, which is the Pan-American Health Organization and Rural Health Organization. And not only does our office cover the Bahamas, but also cover the Turks and Caicos Islands as well. Yes, ladies and gentlemen. And you can hear by their voices that they are young persons, but very dynamic, uh, very dynamic, uh, very studious, very disciplined. Uh, and of course, they're here with us sharing this wonderful information. And so I think it's important um, as we start this conversation, we talk about uh, ministration. All right. And uh, why is this important? Why are we starting here on this road, on this journey and female reproductive health. So I'll start by saying on the 28th of May is the observation of International Day of Action for Women's Health. 
And this is an opportunity for us to raise awareness around specific sexual and reproductive health issues that impact women. And so very direct to that uh, theme, menstruation is one of the many topics that are of concern to women. And so just for the listeners to give a brief definition, menstruation is also commonly called a period and it is the monthly shedding of the lining of the uterus through the vagina. And menstruation really is this cycle that is driven by hormones controlling the release of an egg, also known as ovulation, the process of the thickening of the uterus in the event of pregnancy, or the breakdown of that uterine lining in the event that a pregnancy does not occur. So in short, and in other words, when a baby is not present, a period will be present. Yeah. And so very, very, very interesting information. And uh, how long normally um, does the menstrual cycle last? Um, is it, uh, yeah, g- give me give me the duration and how, how long does it last? All right. So typically the menstrual cycle is actually 28 days. People, when they normally think about menstruation or period, I know some people get grossed up over here too. Tell you, it's nothing to be grossed out about. Right. It's a part of life that we all have a part to play in. Mm-hmm. And so normally people think of the cycle being that four to seven days when they actually see um, symptoms from the period. But it's actually a 28-day period. And each in this 28-day period, there are four different cycles. So the menses phase is about it's day one to five. And it's a time when, you know, the uterine lining sheds because the pregnancy didn't occur. Didn't occur, rather. And so women may experience cramps, fatigue, changes in the mood, swelling of the breast, things of that nature. You know, you see your wife, your sister, um, someone you love, you know, they don't feel bad. They want to stay in bed and things of that nature. This is that time, that day one to five period that we call the menses phase. And we have the follicular phase. It's usually between the day six and 14, where the egg matures into the ovary and it increases estrogen. So... And an increased estrogen causes a thickening of the uterus. So during this time, a woman may experience a high burst of energy. She wants to do more. She's more, you know, she wants to get on those challenges. And then we have when ovulation occurs around day 14 in this cycle and the ovary releases a mature egg. So women usually can tell when this occurs. Mm -hmm. So people, they can always tell you, okay, I have a certain amount of days until my cycle. Mm -hmm. And then we have the luteal phase. This occurs between days 15 to 28 when the egg travels from the ovaries through the fallopian tube to the uterus. Progesterone rises to prepare for pregnancy. And if the egg is not fertilized and implanted, the lining of the uterus breaks down as the hormone levels drop and menstruation does what? It begins again. So for think about it, uh, every female that you know goes through this process, this four stage process every 28 days. And so imagine the fun, <laughs> imagine <laughs> the fun the experience. And so it's really important wow. that we talk about these conversations because we have to realize that um, the menstruation period and the menstruation cycle, it does not just affect women. Right. And we need to have a deeper understanding of how it affects women. Mm-hmm. Because sometimes, you know, we've heard some stereotypical things, uh, you know, like women are hormonal or things like that. Those are things I'm sure we're going to get into later on in the conversation. Yeah. But we have to be very conscious um, 
whatever whatever our genders are, mm-hmm. we have to be conscious about what women go through. Yeah. So 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 on the topic of menstruation, um, do women go through this all the time? Like, does it? So great question, Cash, because I'm sure there are many men out there, particularly mm-hmm. who are listening and wondering the same thing. For the most part, yes. Sometimes the 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 uh, menstruation cycle is 28 days. Sometimes even up to 35 days. Wow. Um, I know that we know that birth con- women do use birth control um, to help to regulate their periods. Mm-hmm. And of course, you know there's um, there might be fluctuations with the hormones. Of course, birth control can assist with that for those who mm-hmm. are fine with taking it. But it is real, and women go through this for the majority of their life. Um, sometimes up to 50, up to 60. And then we have menopause. Mm-hmm. So it's a constant cycle. So this is another reason why we talk about having a support, understanding your partner, and understand that your loved one is going through this on a const- every 28 to 35 days. What's on your mind, Britt? Because I see your mind percolar. No, I would just uh, build on the point that you mentioned that this whole process begins in puberty. So mm-hmm. the first period which is called menarche, is between the ages of 9 and 16, usually, mm-hmm. and up until the phase of menopause, as you mentioned, uh, could be around age 50, 55, um, women would enter the phase of menopause. But usually, women should be getting a period on a monthly basis or every 28 or 35 days. Um, uh, unless they are pregnant, of course. Um, right. And so if they are not having that regular cycle, it is an indication that something is off and there's, you know, the time to have a conversation with the doctor mm-hmm. to regulate those cycles. Right. And so if you um, are not seeing your period and uh, you are not pregnant, uh, you definitely need to go ahead and Check the doctor. Or once, or once yeah. you see a certain, uh, certain number of days have passed, and you haven't seen your period, then you should go to the doctor, even if, you know, is that correct? No. Yeah. So if yeah. It, I think both is true, mm-hmm. are true. Mm-hmm. If you are not seeing a period and you are not pregnant, that right. is a problem. Okay. Um, and the opposite is true if you're seeing a period multiple times in a month. So mm. that wow. cycle is not 28 days, but let's mm-hmm. say every week or every two weeks you're experiencing the bleeding, mm-hmm. then that is also not what's considered normal. And that is also a concern that should be brought up with your doctor. Nah, I really didn't know that. I didn't know you could have like periods, like multiple periods in a single month. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So wow. the irregularity mm-hmm. in the bleeding can be due to some other issue, whether it is hormonal or some other reproductive health uh, issue mm-hmm. that only a doctor really can diagnose. So mm-hmm. this is why it's important even for women to track their cycles. Mm-hmm. There are so many apps out there that can be used, even if you're not tech savvy, a simple calendar can be used to you know highlight which days are the phases of bleeding or the menses uh, which days are the ovulation days and write down any symptoms that you may be experiencing that way when you go into the doctor you can explain what the symptoms have been how long you've been experiencing them and it will help to give a better picture of what 
could potentially be driving the issues you're having, whether bleeding excessively or not having a period at all. And uh, you know what I thought interesting um, as I looked at, you know, this information and, and uh, trying to just prepare myself for this conversation this evening. I really wanted to ask and, and help the listening audience to understand why is menstruation not exclusively a women's health issue? Well, menstruation is a part of the well-being of a woman. And as Tanya mentioned, sometimes there can be some stigma around the conversation, but it is something that impacts everyone. Women live, work, and dwell in communities with other persons. And so this makes it a topic that everyone should be not just aware of, but unashamed to engage in conversation about. There are some social taboos around the discussion, um, like, you know, women feeling a little bit shy to even talk about their menstrual cycles, um, shy to ask for help, shy to say, I need help, or when is it a good time to go to the doctor, which we'll get into a little bit later. And all of these questions or concerns uh, should also be concerns for the persons with whom women engage and interact Mm -hmm. with on a daily basis. And so it really should not be something that we try to be quiet about or to hide even with a sense of shame. Um, But we need to dispel the, the myth and this idea that periods are gross and that, you know, it's something to be afraid to to talk about um publicly or you know among persons living within or working within your communities yeah it's definitely a a part um of the life cycle and so nothing that you can't you can get away from but it's something that you have to uh with education be able to understand um a little bit better and so we we started to touch on it uh, a little bit earlier um but let's talk about the common myths all right let's talk about the stigmas around uh, menstruation i i think this is going to be very helpful for the listening audience uh the women but more so i think maybe the men out there as well and so they can be able to get a better understanding of what the women in their lives go through as well okay so um some of the myths that we hear about. I'll give you some examples that um, that have comes to mind every time we hear, hear conversations about menstruation or like we say the period sure. is that, oh, I can't go in the water because if I go in the water when my period is on, I'm going to track sharks. <laughs> and many wow. young, uh, many women, especially the ones in their, our generation mm-hmm. where these conversations didn't happen before us, uh, where the conversations didn't happen, many women were afraid to go to the water. You know, go afraid to go to the beach day. You feel like you got to sit on the sand and watch everyone. But like you said, it's the importance of the education, telling people that, hey, you don't have to worry. But the common myth that every all the women in my family had bad periods. So I'm going to have a bad period, too. And that's just a part of it. You know, having long, heavy periods are normal. Mm-hmm. Um, and menstru- men- menstruation is a hygiene issue. Well, according to the World Health Organization, They've even realized that menstruation is not a hygiene issue, but it's a health issue. And we started to talk about some of the, even thinking about some of the symptoms that you've seen females go through. Um, You see them uh, crying, can't sleep, you know, disturbing them, giving headaches. So it's more than just a health, it's more than a hygiene issue. It's a health issue. 
And so it's important that partners, family, family, friends, loved ones be there because, you know, some persons are unable to physically pay, participate in physical activity. Um, but we encourage persons, you know, if you can do a little bit of like physical activity, if you can. And even as we talked about earlier, some of the myths being that women are too hormonal. My hormones does not, is not a factor of whether or not I can do something because we have women around the world, around the country who are standing, running multi-million dollar country um, organizations, and they're going through the same thing while they're standing in front of you and talking, and you would not know. Yeah. And so it's also a reminder for us to be sensitive. When we look at countries like, mm-hmm. like um, Japan um, mm-hmm. and Zambia, mm-hmm. they've already recognized that the the, what women go through because of menstruations yeah. that they've implemented days off for women when they're going through that. So every month they get at least their women get one to two days off each month to deal with their menstruation. Yeah. And yeah. it would be great to see our country progress to this level. Mm-hmm. Because it's needed. <laughs> it's needed. It's needed. Um, and, and, it's needed. And, and I think as you talk about the severity, um, for different women with their menstruation, um, you know, some women deal with very serious uh, menstruation um, periods. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so let's let's talk about the other aspect of um, this is the doctor component. Um, mm-hmm. I think we, we've seen it more maybe on the men's side where men are not particularly um, eager or they don't go to the doctor as much. Do you find that happening on on the side of women where they're not really too interested, you know, in going to visit the OBGYN or, you know, being able to go get certain tests or, uh, but wh- wh- when is the time that women should really go and see the doctor? Yeah. So women tend to have a little bit better health seeking behaviors than men do in general. Um, but when it comes specifically to the topic of sexual and reproductive health issues, Anything that, as Tanya mentioned earlier, is debilitating, um, anything that hinders your ability to participate in daily functioning and activities, anything that is causing extreme pain, whether physically or emotionally, is probably a signal for you to go ahead and have a conversation with your doctor. There are some common um, health issues like endometriosis, fibroids, and PCOS that are common um, in women who might be experiencing some of these uh, difficult menstrual periods. And so, for example, endometriosis is, is when the uterine tissue starts growing outside of the uterus, and that's not a normal occurrence. That is an instance where you would want to get checked out and and have an understanding of why are you experiencing abdominal pains or lower back pain or pelvic pain. Uh, Fibroids, which is also very common, um, is the non-cancerous tumors that can grow in and around the walls of the uterus. And again, it is very common and we want to um, have women go ahead and get checked out to understand the reasoning behind some of the extreme symptoms that they're experiencing. And another one, which is pretty common as well, is the PCOS, which stands for polycystic ovarian syndrome. And it's a combination of things, the the overproduction of male hormone um, that causes some excess facial and body hair, 
as well as the production of a lot, which is the poly fluid-filled socks, which is polycystic ovarian syndrome. So it's a lot of small fluid-filled socks of immature eggs, and this condition can lead to irregular periods and can also increase the risk for diabetes and infertility. So as we mentioned earlier, menstruation is directly linked to reproduction and this is what makes it a concern, not just for women, but men as well. But we would like to have women go ahead and get checked out and encourage the persons around them who may be witnessing, you know, the difficulty that they may be experiencing on a month to month basis, encouraging them to also go ahead and get checked out. Um, if they are experiencing irregular or infrequent or absent periods, if the bleeding is excessive or prolonged, or as I said, if it's severe physical or emotional discomfort or impairment that they are experiencing. And uh, for women uh, listening in, as we continue this conversation, ladies and gentlemen, if you just tuned in, we are talking about female reproductive health. And uh, really diving deep within this uh, topic, uh, we do want to ask you, uh, before we get ready to wrap up things in just a bit, um, how should women care for themselves throughout the phases of the menstrual cycle? Uh, so very important. Uh, how how would they go about this and what should they be doing during this time? Okay, so what we encourage per, uh, persons to do is to reduce their salt, the sugar, the alcohol, and caffeine. Of course, healthy eating helps in so many mm-hmm. areas. Yeah. So it's important even as you get closer to those areas because there will be times there are persons who have cravings. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. you may get a sweet craving of some chocolate or something right, right. days prior to your um, uh, your menstrual cycle, mm-hmm. beginning that menses phase. Mm-hmm. And also to engage in physical activity. So it goes right back to nutrition and exercise, mm-hmm. but based with so many factors. Mm-hmm. So during your menses, that's the, the first few days when you actually see symptoms that you were encouraged to do light exercises. Then from your day six to day 14, you increase that energy, since you have that increased energy, yes, use it to the best of our ability to be more productive to engage in a little bit more exercise. Then when you hit that day 14 to 16 period where we have ovulation, that's usually when we take on new challenges and become more optimistic. And as we get closer to seeing our quote unquote periods, the luteal phase, we eat healthier, drink water, and of course we take a little extra self-care. If it is that you need to take more rest, get more rest in. If you need to take a step back from some some, um, things that you're engaged in for a bit, it's okay to do that. And what we also want to encourage persons is if you see someone who's going through this, let's not be inconsiderate. Let's be careful with the words that we say. Right. Um, because persons also have emotional changes as well during the cycle. So let's be considerate. You know, if your wife asks you to go and get her some sanitary napkins, or as we call them, pads, mm. or tampons <laughs> from the store, don't be like, I don't want to be seen in that aisle. No, go there. She needs your help. Yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. It's, it's just okay. It's just as cotton. You'll be all right. <laughs> so we want to encourage persons to be them to support us and even our children. Yeah. You know, mommy may not be feeling the best. That's not the time we want to jump on mommy and, you know, bother mommy too much. Mm. She needs to rest. She needs that. She's going through a lot 
internally and she may not necessarily be able to express that externally so those are some of the things that we want to keep in mind healthy lifestyle and physical activity go ahead Brett. and to add to what tanya just said for the young listeners who may just be starting out their menstrual cycle it's okay for parents to begin to normalize these conversations with their children to again break the taboo um, take the time to learn about the menstrual cycle yourself so that you're able to explain it in a way that your child can understand, not just the female children, but the male children as well, so exactly. that there is a level of understanding of what bodily changes are happening internally and externally, mm-hmm. and how can you support them, learn about the ways that they need support, whether it is, you know, helping with booking an appointment with their with their doctor or, you know, supporting them with um, healthy eating and preparing healthy meals and ensuring that they're getting enough water, enough sleep, enough mm-hmm. physical activity. Um, so this is a conversation that starts at home, not just in a school or a formal learning context, mm-hmm. but this is a conversation that starts at the familial and community level as well. Yeah. And uh, this has been a tremendous conversation this evening, ladies and gentlemen. And uh, before we get ready to wrap up, ladies, uh, is there any uh, closing comments that we want to leave? As we've had a very engaging conversation this evening, talking about female reproductive health. And I'm sure the listeners would have learned a lot. Uh, If there's any information that they didn't know, we would have added uh, to their base level of knowledge. And uh, for those of us who were just didn't have any of this information it's definitely good to be able to have this now and have this added to uh what we know and so is any closing comments you want to leave yes sure so tanya mentioned earlier that menstruation is not just a hygiene issue in terms of having access to um, adequate water and disposal conditions to be able to take care of the logistics of a menstrual cycle, but it is also a health issue, not just from the physical perspective, but there are also mental or psychological components, there are social components to uh, this health topic, and it is one that should also be addressed from the perspective of a life course, meaning Mm. from the time of menarche, which is the first uh, period that is experienced all the way up to the time of menopause, which is a whole nother show uh, onto itself. There are specific changes, there are specific needs that would arise. And so education is really, really important to understand the changes that are happening, the concerns that are um, being uh, brought to the fore and the types of responses that are needed to uh, adequately address uh, menstruation as a health issue. Mm. Um, and we we also touched a little bit on the taboos, so I'll allow Tanya to wrap up on, on the taboos. <laughs> the taboos, okay. So thanks, Rick. <laughs> so again, we want to remind persons that menstruation is not taboo. You know, it's a conversation that we can have. And what I'm actually proud of is that the fact that we are able to have these conversations more like we talked about earlier everything is to be a secret you didn't want anybody to know you didn't want them here when you open the pad and you know the crackling paper next door so i'm i'm really proud of the steps that we're making and we have to prepare our future men and women right, right. so we're breaking the stigma we're improving access to education on women health issues like 
all of those endometriosis, PCOS that Brittany talked about, and we'll be more than excited to come back to share that knowledge. And we want to break the silence and the stigma. Yeah. We want the, we want our society, our schools, our health facilities, our workplace, our homes, be a place that is not only just supportive for women going through these phases, but for supportive for the family in general. And we want to encourage persons get healthier, you know, eat healthier and practice physical activity in whatever form that works best for you and is comfortable for you. And, you know, we look forward to many, many conversations with you, Cash. So thank you so much for having us here today. Oh, it is so great. So great to have you as uh, we talked about this uh, conversation this evening. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, I want to thank you so much uh, for joining us this evening, ladies. Uh, we have the dynamic uh, Miss Brittany Jones joining us this evening. And, of course, Mrs. Tanya McFall Major for joining us all the way from PAHO, WHO. And, of course, they do a lot of extensive work as well with the UN and uh, a myriad a myriad of different uh, organizations uh, under this umbrella. And so they share this information uh, and they give it to us. Now, I did forgot to ask you, um, for persons who want to reach out, they want to find out more information, uh, how can they do so before you before you go? So they can visit our website at www.paho.org slash Bahamas for more information or check our Facebook or Twitter pages, Paho Caribbean. Mm -hmm. We have tons of information about every public health topic you can think of. We're here to help. All right, indeed. Well, we thank you, ladies, for joining us this evening, and we look forward to doing this again real soon. Thank, thank you, you so much for having Bahamas. us. All right, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for being a part of the Youth Perspective. Uh, as we spoke this evening about female reproductive health, and uh, make sure you look out for the International Day of Action for Women's Health as well. And so we continue to sound the, uh, not the alarm, but we continue to share this information to make sure that persons under the sound of our voices understand, know, and become more educated in this area of our women and specifically on this episode, women's health, all right? So make sure, uh, and reproductive health as well. So make sure, ladies and gentlemen, continue to lock it in. We'll do this again, same time, same place, next week, Saturday, right here on The Youth Perspective with yours truly, Kashik and Jamal. Have a great evening, everyone. I'm trying to be great, and I'm on my way, way up, way up, way up. It's never too late, and I'm on my way. I'ma leave my mark. Ready, set, go. Ready, set, go. Ready, set. I hope you enjoyed another edition of the Youth Perspective. Stay tuned for more interviews, more in-depth conversation, great music as we seek to encourage, empower, impact, and uplift our youth of this nation. Here on the Youth Perspective, we'll see you next time right here on the Youth Perspective with Cashing and Jamal.